There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, hello, everyone, and you join us here today to talk about watches. Not just with me, not just with Tom, but we've got someone else here. We have got... Britt Pierce, the artist formerly known as Watch Gringer. Hello, Britt. How are you doing? Hello. Yeah, this feels like quite the big debut of the name change. The artist <laughs> formerly known as the Gringer. Um, I know you've changed your name. I'm not sure I saw why. I have my speculation. Do you care to explain? There's been a lot of speculation around it as well. And I really didn't think it would be as big of a deal as it was. Like, the whole world feels like it's burning and everyone was like, Gringa changed her name. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, really, I, I never really wanted to start a YouTube channel under the name Watch Gringa. I just couldn't think of anything else. So I had started an Instagram page called Watch Gringa. And I kind of just wanted that name to stay there. I never wanted it to be my YouTube channel name. Um, but I thought, oh, my real name's a bit boring. I, I really didn't know what I wanted to call it. Um, so I just ended up doing Watch Gringa because I had amassed a small following on Instagram. And I thought, oh, maybe people will, you know, know me from there and follow me on YouTube then. Um, but I, I never really wanted my channel to be called Watch Gringa. And I think it, the change feels right for me right now. I am becoming more proud of the content I'm putting out. I feel like I've kind of found my voice within the watch community. So I wanted to just slap my name on it. I wanted to be like, yep, Britney Stamp, we're naming this Britney. So it felt right right now. <laughs> nice. Have you ever considered a career in politics? Because that's the most amazing <laughs> non-answer I've ever heard. I remember when I first saw the name Watch Gringer, I was like, that is a spicy name. That's a challenging name. I bet this person's going to be also spicy and challenging. And I was right. You are spicy and challenging. Muy caliente. <laughs> I bought that. I'm with I think the name game is is really tricky, like coming up with a good name. It's, I know. We used to we were dabbling around for a name for this podcast show, didn't weren't we? And then yeah. we finally settled on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Check out the playlist. <laughs> oh, bless. So you said you got your start on Instagram. That that in itself, uh, you know, that doesn't just happen overnight. You don't just create a name for yourself posting watches. What was your secret sauce? What's your flavour? <laughs> oh, well, I kind of just did create it overnight. So my husband had had a watch <laughs> Instagram account and I thought it was the dorkiest thing I'd ever heard in my life. So he had it for a couple of years before I was into watches at all. And I remember thinking, 
why are you doing that? That is so dorky. Uh, and then I slowly, through osmosis, got into watches myself. And I thought, oh, let's dabble into the watch page. Because I would post pictures of my watches on my personal Instagram. They would not receive the love they deserved. Like these people, these plebeians on my personal Instagram did not appreciate all my awesome watch <laughs> shots. So I thought, okay, let's try a dedicated page. Um, and then I went onto my husband's page. I saw who he was following and I just went and followed all of them. I was like, okay, awesome, let's go. Um, and it, it really just <laughs> grew faster than I ever thought it would. Um, but I think it's because, like you said, it was just a bit spicy. It was just a bit different. Um, people either love or love it or hate it, but yeah, it was, it was just a fun new thing I tried. I love this because uh, you're the second person that I know uh, alongside Jenny who have have seen their husband's accounts and thought nah I can do better than that and then have (laughs) which is amazing Uh, and I know your pain as well because I have um hot plug started my own Instagram account and you kind of think yeah wait what am I gonna do I don't really know um, so I completely feel your pain, but it has evolved into the channel. And I think the channel has really given you an opportunity to, uh, quite literally share your voice with people. And I would like to say, are you familiar with the TV show Bob's Burgers? <laughs> I know it exists, <laughs> but I haven't seen it. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe after this, go check out Bob's Burgers, especially Linda Belcher, who's the mum there. And she, um, in the nicest possible way, she very much reminds me of you. She's so fun. She's so full of energy. And she's uh, got a lot of really great things to say. Um, as John Mulaney would say, fun mom energy. Well, you know, I was going to say my whole life, I've always felt like I had fun mom energy. Even when I was like a teenager, <laughs> I've always been ready to be the fun mom. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad you took that in the spirit it was intended because that could have gone a very different way. Yeah, I got really annoyed when you said I had fun mom energy. <laughs> <laughs> You've got fun uncle energy. Yeah, funkle. Funkle, yeah. <laughs> uh, ordinarily, what I would do at this point is I would play back your first video to you. But actually, your first video is 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 you being energetic as you are. And, and I really think it's great that you've managed to maintain that. What we will say is how quickly you've grown since that first video. It started in 2021. You've been going for a, a, a bit over a year. How has it been in that journey? Oh, it's been quite the journey and it's already outgrown anything I ever saw it becoming. So I really would have been happy to have like 2000 subscribers. I thought it would cap out around 2000, 3000. Um, So it's been really a wild journey and it's been grown far more than I ever envisioned it. Um, It's been a really fun journey though. So when I started my channel, I didn't know much about cameras or editing or anything like that. Um, So I originally started it over the pandemic. My work moved to online and I had to start making videos for my work and they were horrible and there were just these little things we started doing. But I thought, oh, I quite like videos. And then I thought, if there's anything, if I can make videos about anything I wanted, what would I make videos about? And I thought, oh, I think I would do watches. So I just kind of started it out of there. And I, I didn't know much about cameras. I didn't know how to focus a camera. I, I didn't know anything. And it's just, it's really fun for me watching back my older content because I can see how much it grows or I can see, oh, that's when I learned 
how to manually focus or, oh, that's when I learned, you know, about this kind of microphone or how to edit my sound in post-production. So it's it's been a real learning curve and I'm learning every single video. Yeah, well, it's really admirable because you picked one of the subjects that's the hardest to photograph. <laughs> um, Britt, do you recognise this? I do. <laughs> I, I recognise it totally. <laughs> What is it? Is it an audio recording? It is an audio recording. Is it one of is it like a personal memo? So, Tom, I in the early days of Gringa would get drunk and drunk DM a bunch of watch fam celebrities. Oh right. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> and I build content around it. Ben Clymer still hasn't got back to me. I've drunk DM'd him twice. Oh. Uh, <laughs> But he's only got two contacts on his phone, and if you're not John Mayer or Ed Sheeran, I don't think you're going to get a response from him. I'm going to play this back for you right now. James, I've started. I've started it. <clears throat> Hello, Watchfinder. I'm Brittany, um, aka Watch Gringa. You might not have heard of me, but we have all heard of you. You have a very prominent YouTube channel and shops all over the country of the United Kingdom. But I'm not sure if you have them in other countries as well. I don't know enough about you. But I do know everyone loves you. I love your videos and I watch them pretty much daily. There's something for everyone in your content. And um, thank you for what you are doing. Thank you. Ta-ta. <laughs> so that was my best. Oh, that was my best watchfinder impression. I really liked how you went full Keanu halfway through and you were like, videos, deal it. That was great. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> yeah, most people seem to land somewhere between David Attenborough and some random English bloke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for that. And I really did enjoy that. And I've had that on my desktop to share with you. And I've been meaning to talk to you about it for a long time. So there you go. <laughs> but watches, right? Yes. We're here to talk about watches. And I'm really interested to hear what you think about certain watches. First of all, something that Tom and I are very, very familiar with is this idea of becoming desensitized to what is a very expensive product. When you first discovered watches through your partner to now, how has your perception changed? Oh, completely, completely. Yeah, I've been absolutely desensitized, like you said. So the first watch my husband bought when we were together and married is he bought um, a Hulk. He bought a green Submariner. And I remember he told me it was like six or se I think it was six grand or 7,000 pound. And I thought, oh, if only. <laughs> I thought, why on earth would you ever do that? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I, I really couldn't believe the sums. Um, and especially because I met him as I was paying off my university debts and I didn't have much money. And I'm thinking, that is more expensive than my car, James. What are you, what on earth are you doing? Um, to now, where I would call a very affordable watch something in the 1,000 to 2,000 pound price range. And I'm thinking, yeah. that's not affordable. That's crazy talk, Brittany. Or I was recently walking by a, a store that sold Vespas and just scooters. And I remember there was one for four grand, 4,000 pound. And I thought, oh, that's really cheap. That's so affordable. And James is like, no, that's not, Brittany. We can't just buy a 4,000 pound scooter. I was like, yeah, we can't. Think of the watches that we could get. 
You get two watches. The, the Hulk decision was probably a very good one because it's worth a damn sight more than £6,000 now. But what is your thought on Rolex? It's been crazy, especially in the last few years. So. Oh, I have so many thoughts on Rolex. And I express my thoughts regularly on my YouTube channel. And people keep saying, Brett, stop talking about Rolex. You're such a Rolex fangirl. Uh, <laughs> but I really am a Rolex fangirl. I really love the brand. I think it's a shame some of the brand perception that's happening right now. And I think that happens a little bit through people not being able to have access to the watches. Um, but I also, this is where I'm a bit different than the average watch collector, I think. The waitlist and all this malarkey doesn't bug me as much as the average person. It is not something that is exclusive or unique to watches. So this has existed within desirable handbags for a while. This has existed within, you know, luxury cars. These are at the end of the day, luxury trinkets. <laughs> That's all they are. And I don't feel, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't bug me as much as the average person, but it does suck when I want a watch and I can't get it immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's my position. Yeah, and I also think we come from a really privileged position in we have a great relationship with our authorized dealer who does try to get us the watches. So I hear other people's stories and I think, it sounds like they're not even trying to help you guys. Like, it sounds like they're just trying to make you feel bad, <laughs> which hasn't been my experience. So I, I've been very lucky with it. Um, but it's madness right now with the Rolex um, secondary market prices, the availability. Um, but it's a shame because they have a great catalog. I like most of their watches and the design language. It mostly speaks to me as I pretend I'm an outdoorsy person, as I LARP being... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need these 300 yeah. metres of water resistance in case I splash around in the rain. Yeah, for when I'm washing my dishes. <laughs> Live action role playing as a yacht owner in my paddling pool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wanted to know, when did you actually start investing in watches properly? Yeah, that's an awesome question. For me, for a while, I wasn't really into it. And it was when I started getting my first watches. So my husband, for our first wedding anniversary, he gave me a Cartier Tank Solo. Right. Um, so it was just, just a little quartz number. And I thought, oh, this is so much nicer than anything I ever owned. And I, I just started getting very mesmerized by it. And just the first few cogs started moving for me um, and then he got me my second watch for a Christmas present and it was a Nomos Tangente or Tongonta however you say it <laughs> yeah this is the this is the gif jif conversation they pronounce it the wrong way in my mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah he got he got me that one it was my first mechanical watch and it was a manual wind and I remember I had to every morning I'd give it a little wind and connect with it and I started kind of getting that as well. I was like, oh, this is this is really nice. This is something more. And this is when I started taking watch shots for my Instagram that nobody liked. And then <laughs> the final nail in the coffin was I got a Tudor Black Bay 58, the blue one, right when it was released. I must have had one of the first ones, really, because um, my husband, I think, it was a poorly kept secret and everyone kind of kept caught wind of it. And uh, my husband was messaging our AD and he was like, can we get this? And he gave me that one and I was sold. Actually, it took me a while to be sold on that one really too. So it took me a while to bond with it. And we were going on a big trip, a wild camping trip in Scotland. And I said, okay, I'm going to bond with this tutor. I'm only bringing this tutor. And if we don't bond, I'm selling it. So I brought it up to Scotland with me. 
and absolutely fell in love with the watch. And that was it. I was done. I was won over to the watch nerdness. Nice. So you mentioned your first one, there was a, a Cartier. One thing I wanted to know was how interested are you in ladies' watches? I just wondered if that's an avenue that you're kind of interested in, because actually sometimes they're a little bit cheaper, I guess because there's less steel involved. But, you know, you could get a Grand Seiko Snowflake for like half the price of like a regular one. So I don't know, is that something that interests you? or? Yeah, I, I have many feelings about this. So I'm quite into ladies' watches. Um, I think a lot of people talk down to ladies' watches in a way that really bothers me and bugs me, as if wristwatches didn't begin with women in the first place. Sure. So men getting into wristwatches is a very new thing. You guys relate to the party, if anything. So women <laughs> were wearing these watches first. So when they say, oh, I hate, you know, diamond setting and jewelry, it's like, th this is actually the heritage of wristwatches. This is actually truly the heritage of, of what they were. They were often jewelry pieces. Um, so I really like ladies' watches. As I, I feel my collection moving a bit more dress watches right now. So I've collected all the stainless steel sports watches I could ever want. <laughs> Any, more than anyone could need. Gotta catch them all, I've caught enough. Um, <laughs> and now I feel myself moving more into dress pieces and some precious metals. And it's I, I want things that fit my lady size wrist. I don't want it to be like, yeah. you know, a JLC Master Control 39 millimeter. It just wouldn't look right on me. So I'm buying those smaller things or looking into those smaller pieces. Um, and you can find some pretty great deals. Like I was looking for um, Cartier Santos, like all yellow gold, neo vintage numbers, really reasonable prices. Even I was looking at a Breguet Classique, a Berthier Breguet Classique 1992. And they're phenomenally priced, especially in the smaller ones, or even a big one right now, the Vacheron Constantin 222s. If you're looking for, you know, vintage, new, vintage ones of those in the ladies section, the prices are still kind of okay. So there's some real advantages in liking smaller watches. And it, it really bothers me. I hear a lot of people kind of talk down to ladies' watches or like, oh, that's a girl's watch. Like it's an insult. And I'm thinking, you know, it, it kind of is in a form, like you were saying, Andrew, it is in a form gatekeeping once again, because it's, why would you talk down to a watch someone might really like? And they're a lady, so why wouldn't they like the lady's watch? Or even if they're not a lady, who cares? They like the watch. <laughs> Let them like it. Yeah. I spoke to a very um, senior person in the luxury PR segment a few years ago about the very topic. And and I said, you know, like how how do these luxury brands decide whether they're going to make ladies' watches in the sense that they make a version that's got the diamonds and things like that? Or do they just do a smaller version of the air quotes men's watch hmm. and um and she said well, we make the ones with the diamonds because those are the ones that are sell that's what people want and it's, it's a little bit like the making rolex videos conversation there's what people say and there's what people do and ultimately what people do is going to inform the decisions of the people who create the things hmm. and if people want if people want those ladies watches perfect if people want if ladies want to wear bigger watches perfect and i think that's the deal it's like have at it I don't really, I don't really feel the need to um, to tell you what you should do. 
No, exactly, exactly. Um, oh, I think people underestimate the ladies' market a lot too. So, according to a Morgan Stanley report, um, Cartier overtook Omega to be the number two mm-hmm. brand that sold the most watches or the most money's worth of watches. And everyone was like, "How did this happen? How did Cartier beat Omega?" And I think one, there's many things people overlooked, um, particularly watch nerds as well. I think we think everyone buys for the same reasons that we do, so they're like. But don't they know Omega has coaxial? And I was like, guys, I don't think the Muggles care. I don't think the Muggles are asking yeah. these questions. Um, the moon, the moon. <laughs> but normal people tend to not mind these things as much. And I also think the ladies' market probably contributed a lot to that. So if I talk to my girlfriends about. If you were ever to get a nice watch, what would you get? I would say, as many of them would say, they really want a Cartier, as they would say, I want a Rolex, and those might be the only two brands they've heard of or would want to buy from. Yeah, strong recognition. A really interesting data point actually is if if you take the luxury purchasing market, ten percent of that are the people who would buy a luxury watch. So that's quite a small section of that whole market, and only ten percent of that are the people who would know what the coaxial escapement is and have any interest in it there's 90 percent of the people who buy luxury watches who could not give a fig <laughs> but the small 10 percent believes that they command and control what the market does and they really don't like we we have very little say to be honest uh and that's reflected in that difference between what we think people say and and how people actually behave um you mentioned vintage watches as well that's an awesome way to buy small watches. I tried on a friend's 34mm Tudor the other day and I thought, put some leather strap. Yeah, I reckon I could do that. I reckon I could pull that off. Get in. Get in. Nice. There's a really nice sustainability message in that kind of stuff as well, I think. Like, keeping existing stuff going. Like, I love channels like Wristwatch Revival and things like that where it's all about reviving um, once dead product and, and making it shine once again. Yeah. Um, and that's actually the reason why I purchased a, um, a pocket watch. And I've got this thing, it's a Hamilton pocket watch, a 1950s pocket watch, railroad thing, beautiful movement. Um, Tom, I'm sure you can dig out the footage for this point. What, the footage of you getting punched in the face for wearing it in public? or uh... <laughs> The time, sir, let me check my pocket watch. <laughs> Schmack. <laughs> um, so... I, I would say as well, if you're considering and you you love that, and this is the same for you, dear viewer and listener, if you want to have a level of quality movement or something like that, and you want to have it sat on your desk or something to enjoy, go spend 200 quid and you'll get yourself an absolutely, I would say, a banging watch, pocket watch. Yeah. Yeah. And something I feel like no one will care about, but I'm very interested in is obviously I'm a millennial and a millennial collector, but when the Gen Zs come up or the Gen Zs, um, I, I bet you they're going to be really into vintage. They're all into the sustainability and buying, you know, secondhand clothes. And I think vintage is going to be what they go after. So, and they might even think, you know, how the young kids don't want to do what the previous generation did. And we're all, you know, yeah. modern big sports watches. Yeah. Needs to be stainless steel or else it's a girl's watch. <laughs> Uh, I think they're going to be the other way around. I think they're going to be like, oh, that's so old fashioned. And they're going to go for little dress watches and precious metals and vintage things. Yeah, I think so. I can really see that coming back. Um, in fact, I, um, I I predicted in our, in our pre-Watches and Wonders video, the resurgence of yellow gold. I really see that becoming popular again. It's so strange, isn't it? How in your mind, just a year ago, you could look at yellow gold and think, ew. 
that's old lady. And now you can look at it and think, that's really classy. I wonder how the brain works in that respect <laughs> to change tastes. You, you like a bit of psychology. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you speculate as to why my mind is so easily malleable? Who, me? Either of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's just good images. <laughs> if you can make it look edible then I will want to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I think they put a couple sexy people in a watch and you're like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, if if I buy that, then I'll look just like Margot Robbie. I'll be like her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so what is next for the artist formerly known as Watch Gringo now, Brit Pierce? <laughs> I don't quite know. I feel like I'm making it up as I go, really. So right now, <laughs> honestly, I'm just happy making silly YouTube videos, enjoying watches. And that's what's next for me. I'm just going to keep trying to hopefully crank out better and better videos that people enjoy, hopefully get my hands on uh, more watches and hopefully people stay interested in the channel but I I'm really more than happy just making these videos and hopefully this would be the long-term dream is if I could ever just go full-time at it so right now I'm I'm kind of halfway there which is more than I ever thought would happen so that would be the dream if I could just be a full-time watch geek boy that's a life of Riley there it's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> <laughs> and between you and me, uh, we're making it up as we go along as well, so you're fine. Yeah. Someone release a watch, please, so we've got something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Dear viewer and listener, if uh, if you like the spicy, fun mum energy of Brit Pierce and you want to get more of it, please do go and subscribe to her on YouTube and Instagram and all of that groovy stuff. Let's get her to doing this full time. That'd be awesome to see. Um, thank you so much, Britt. Thank you so much, Tom, for joining me today. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing what you get up to next, Brittany. Um, to everyone listening at home, please do like, comment, and subscribe, all that good stuff, and see you all later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.